This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell from the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Rebecca Herman, welcome to Better Reading. Hello, Cheryl. How are you? It's wonderful to be here. Yes. Now, Rebecca is a great friend to Better Reading. One, because you and I have known each other for some time. But two, Belinda Audio is the sponsor for our podcast. And you are the founder of Belinda Audio. I am. I know. Let me introduce you and we're going to talk about that. Belinda is a world-leading audiobook and technology company. They publish the greatest books you'll ever hear. Entrepreneurial by nature, their mission is to serve the world and inspire people to live their best lives through the power of storytelling. Their audiobook category is their sweet spot. As well as publishers, they are global industry innovators and their groundbreaking BorrowBox app technology reflects that. I know how much our readers are embracing the audiobook experience, so I asked Bolinda's founder, Rebecca Herman, to join me today. Okay, yes. so I'm so uh, looking forward to it. I don't know if I if I told you this story, but many, many years ago, I was at the airport and I was must have been on a phone call or something, and this man came up and sat next to me, and I'm thinking, oh, creepy, you know, and he was getting closer and closer. And then he said hello. It was your dad. And then he started talking to me about audio and he was so lovely and he gave me a business card and I just fell in love with him. I thought he was such, wow, what a, and I, I, I just was so impressed by him. He is amazing. There's no doubt about that. And there are many stories of his travels around the world at airports meeting people. Yeah, it's incredible. He's not I shy. Think he's, he's not. He's not. And he's he's like our little viral marketer. I think you termed that that turned him that last time on the last podcast we've done. But he's retired now. Has he? So he's, he's living in um, Perigian Beach. He's just been on a caravan holiday uh the last one and a half years driving around oh, Australia. Wow. So, wow. He, and he, you know, he has been visiting Aboriginal communities, believe it or not. Wow. Trying to, he had this huge goal of, you know, just trying to foster relationships with Aboriginal communities to actually get some of their stories down. So yeah, it's wow. kind of going to be part of his legacy, I think, in terms of what he would like to do. Um, so we can get more Indigenous stories and content on BorrowBox and, you know, really honour the heritage of Australia. So, so he hasn't really retired. No, well, he hasn't really <laughs> left. He hasn't. He hasn't. And, you know, I, I, he's just, I'm like, he knows, he, so he's been staying at caravan parks and everything. And my mum's like, seriously, he just knows everybody. Does he have Belinda across the caravan? (laughs) You know what? He wears the Belinda outfit. So we've got all these company branded hoodies and everything like that. And he's always wearing that. And he's got these little borrow box cards. 
that he leads leaves everywhere to you know help people know how to download the app. And you know he says I've easily got like twenty five thousand people onto the BorrowBox app. You know, well, since, in a since, way, since um, I've been traveling around to these big four caravan parks. So. Well, in a way, they are your audience as well because a lot uh, of people that are traveling in caravans are listening yes. to audiobooks. They are. They are. We actually still to this day get letters. From we, we had this one letter that I remember. There were four women who went on a driving holiday throughout um, Western Australia and they were listening to Tim Winton's books. Oh, and wow. they, they shared that experience together and they said it was just an absolute highlight of their trip together, you know, yeah. listening to this story, then, you know, having a glass of wine and cooking dinner at night and actually reflecting. It was like a book club for mm-hmm. them essentially. Yeah. So yeah. it's a great way to share story and a perfect companion as well so yeah now I when I think about you Rebecca I think you were these are the things and you know in in light of thinking about this podcast I started to think about you as a person you as a businesswoman Mm. um, and started to kind of put uh, words and phrases that came to mind so strong leadership before your time groundbreaking always always learning is something else I had down here because I, I've got a memory too of the first time that I came to vis- visit you when I first started this business in your office. And you sat there on your desk, not at the desk, on the desk, and I was so nervous. I don't know if you knew that at the time. No, I was so no. nervous, but I was so inspired by you. And I remember leaving the building and calling my sister and telling yes. her all about you. Oh, wow. It gives me goosebumps because I, I think that you know, particularly as women, our journey is is often, you know, you have your lack confidence and you think, am I doing the right thing? And there's lots of leaps of faith. Mm. And, you know, thank you for all of those words. Um, I think Well, that- <laughs> I felt empowered when I left and what yeah. a great thing to feel, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely, you. absolutely. And I think that I've been very lucky to grow up in a family that has and I have, a, I have strong women in my life, always have. I think I was talking to you before, my grandmother, who um, is 98 years mm. old, she turned 98, it was a couple of weekends ago, a couple of, um, she, she introduced me to books to begin with because my grandfather had a bookstore and a library supply company and she, she well, she was the mother of the household. She had, used to do bits and pieces but used to bring the lunch around. She wasn't really able to you know, work in the way that she wanted. But she was kind of one of the original entrepreneurs of the family. And I remember she she came in once and one of our team members said, oh, we could give you a job here. And she turned around and said, no, I'm, uh, I'd am i be the boss. <laughs> you know, and that's when she was like 75 or 80 years old. And mm-hmm. I thought, gee, she, she's been incredible. But, yeah, it's been a really long journey. I started, you know, Belinda Audiobooks um, with the backing of my dad when I was in my early 20s. And so tell I, me, tell I, me I had a big milestone birthday this year. So oh, wow. I turned 50. Believe it or not. <laughs> Congratulations. You look wonderful. Yeah, and didn't get to celebrate, but that's okay. I'll celebrate next year, which will be fantastic. Yeah, it's been it's been a long journey. And I was, you know, I've been thinking about my life and my career and and it has I've just you know lived very much on the edge. And I think that personal growth has been a huge part of who I am. And I think, you know, for anybody who's out there, I think 
you can become whatever you want to become. You just need to be open to learning and becoming that person. And I think that I'm just a perfect example of that, you mm. know, is, you know, I, I, love, I love work. I love hard work. There have been times in the business and in my career when things don't always go the way that you want. There's a lot of stumbling. There's a lot of learning. And you you have to be agile and you just have to adapt, you know. And, and it's having that absolute personal responsibility for yourself and your own learning because what I do find with a lot of people today is they they want you to tell them what their career should be. And it's like, no, if you want to be accountable for you and re- had, take responsibility, be in charge of your own journey, be in charge of your own learning and who you want to become. That is far more fun. And, you know, here I am today. I've got this incredible company. I have incredible people within the business because, you know, it's gone, you know, I used to be able to I'm a control freak, of course, but I used to be able to control everything. And as the business has grown and become, a, you know, a medium-sized business, you have to give up on certain things. And I'm now in a fortunate position that I can just do stuff that I love. And I'm able and supported by a team where they can do things that is their expertise. And it's fantastic. Okay, I want to go back because now audio is the thing. Everybody, it's mainstream. Can you believe it? It's mainstream, (laughs) but it wasn't back then. So I want to know what you were thinking. Like, tell Mm -hmm. me. I mean, because you know, they were cassette box cassette sets. You know, know. CD sets. I mean, I remember selling them in bookshops. (laughs) So tell me about the idea, the seed of the idea, and how you grew it. Yeah, I think it wasn't a new idea by any stretch of the imagination. It was, you know, and I think I was exposed to audiobooks on cassette through my dad and his business. He was, he had a large, he started a large print publishing company years and years ago, Australian large print. So he was doing a lot of books in large print. So we were providing libraries with a range of materials for, for basically the age population. Yeah. And so large print, and then he started importing uh, cassette audio books from overseas publishers into Australia. And he, he always supported me. And I, I, you know, I started packing books in the warehouse and so on. And um, then I went into sales and he armed me with a, an audio book, A Time to Kill by John Grisham oh, wow. on cassette. And he said, by the time you get to Sydney, you'll have finished listening to the audio book. And I was hooked. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, my goodness, I have never enjoyed reading as much as that experience listening to that audiobook. And really to start with, it was just the love of the product category. You know, there was no business plan. There was no future uh, strategic plan. It was like, I love this. And I think that I could do something with a product like this. And, you know, I had a number of chats to like my dad's colleagues in the United Kingdom. There was a fellow by the name of John Durrant who who founded um, Isis Publishing and another woman, Veronica Babington-Smith, who's who's now passed. But, you know, she really mentored me um, for many, many years, taught me how to, you know, buy rights. And um, John very much, you know, showed us how to produce audiobooks and, um we thought, well, there isn't any, the only company that was around was the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and they were doing abridgments. 
So, and they had, they were mainly broadcasting them, I think, on Radio National. So, and Unabridged was big at the time and Audible had just been founded by John Katz. So, he was on the bleeding edge of all that, you know, digital technology with audiobooks and they were they were saying Unabridged audiobooks are the way to go. And we saw that opportunity and then it was just a matter of walking the streets. That's it, walking the streets, meeting the publishers. But it's two sides, right? It's having the business acumen. Mm. Well, it's yeah. free, the creativity, definitely. Yes. yes. But also it's very technical. There's a learned skill there. I Absolutely. mean, to produce an audio book is a craft, right? It is. That's right. It is. So to begin with, we outsourced part of that to learn it. And then we brought everything in house when we actually wanted to scale. So now in, in terms of our business, we're like completely vertically integrated, even down to the pressing of our CDs and all of our distribution of the CDs into public libraries and the, the the consumer product that we do as well. So it has been a massive learning curve the whole way, essentially. And, you know, but the ultimate, the ultimate judge is the listener because they don't see all of that, you know. So it, there's a lot of figuring out, a lot of learning and a lot of, yeah, having the right people on your journey to get you to, you know, where you need to be. Talk me through briefly the life of an audiobook from when it starts to when it ends. Yeah, so it starts with our publishing team. Mm -hmm. So we have um, acquisition editors, audiobook acquisition editors, where we get sent titles or we go looking for titles that we think would be perfect for our publishing program, essentially. And we now, um, we publish a wide variety of content. Um, It used to be only Australian authors and Australian stories, and now that is all authors and all stories. We would assess a book for its, obviously, its merit as a story, and then our ability to actually add value to that to bring it to life to have a great experience for a listener. So it's always the listener that is at the forefront of what it is that we're doing. And then we're thinking about, okay, who is the target market for this book? Uh, Do we reach that target market? What is the um, potential sales of the book? Like what is the print sales going to be and what would the audiobook sales be? Then we would go about acquiring the unabridged audiobook rights for that title from either an author directly, a literary agent, or even a publisher. Mm -hmm. Depends where all the rights reside. Then the book will go into production. And before the book goes into production, we will always work with either the publisher or the author to get a narrator brief from them in terms of, and we never used to do this in the early days, we used to do a lot of it ourselves, but now we like to include them in the process as much as we possibly can in terms of who their dream narrator is, if there's anything in the book that they envisioned for a character, you know, was is there a character that you wouldn't even know from reading it if they had a certain accent or whatever it may be. So that would be all in a comprehensive narrator brief. And from that narrator brief, our production team, which is our casting and studio team and managers, will go about searching for the perfect voice for that book. So And this is where the art comes in, is finding the voice for that book, the voice that's going to give the listener goosebumps. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's a performance. Yes, absolutely. Narrating an audio book, like a lot of actors do narration, but there are just a lot of narrators who just do narration as their job, essentially. And being a great actor, it doesn't actually mean that you'll be a great narrator. And we've we've worked with a lot of really high-profile actors and they're like, gee, this is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because, you you know, in some books you can have, you know, three or four strong characters, you need to differentiate between all those characters and it may be a female having to do a male because it's a single voice recording. And a lot of people do ask me, was there two voices or one voice or how many narrators were actually narrating that audiobook? But it's only, for us, it's only ever one. At a stretch, we might do two if it is very clear that the chapters are female, male narrators. So um, then we, so we could provide, you know, up to three to five or six good options for the author to consider of different actors. And we will source actors from all over the world because we have a studio network all over the world and make sure that their kind of dreams come true in terms of that voice. And then we get the narrator into the studio. But before they go into the studio, they get given the narrator brief. They also get put in contact with the author, particularly if it is a non-fiction title. So get put in contact with the author and then they can have a talk about, you know, the tone, the vibe of the book, like the energy that, that the author wants through the book for different characters and so on. And then the actor will go about narrating it out loud. And how that works is we have like a soundproof studio and we would have a sound engineer who also couples as a story director that will, you know, work with the talent to get that ultimate outcome. And we normally, you know, if a book is 10 hours, it will take us between between 20, 20 to 25 hours to record, depending on how much dialogue is actually in the book. So how across how many days is that of recording? We would normally do four-hour four hour okay. blocks at a time, yeah. yeah. Um, any longer than that, uh, it's hard on the voice and the voice. Yeah. Box. yeah. yeah. What so, about yeah. when an author wants to, if it's say, if it's nonfiction and they want to narrate their own book? How do you yeah. tackle that? We we normally, in a number of ways, like we've had a lot of authors who want to do it, but we're often very much come in and audition and see what the process will be like because it's mm. hard. It's yeah. very hard, and we want to make sure that you have the stamina to get through it, but you're also happy with the result at the end as well because yes. a lot of the time I often say like you wouldn't cast yourself in the in as the lead role in the Hollywood I movie. I was just about so. to say I was just about to yeah. say that that it's yeah. like, it's like so yourself. you really yes. need to think about if you can honor the book 
in in terms of your voice and it's your story and it's so personal, it makes a lot of sense to do it that way. If it's a memoir, not much dialogue, just from experience. And if the author has had media training, you know, but also voice training because I find exactly yeah. Even after recording podcasts, if I'm if I do more than two in a day, I do feel my voice waning. Because yes. I don't have voice practice, you know, I don't know what to do with my voice. That's right. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of honey and lemon tea and like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Tell me what an, a reading audience responds to. What are popular and why? You know, what we found through the years, popular books are popular audio books. There's no okay. doubt about that. You know, just, okay. in, just in terms of all the statistics, yes. if, if a book does really well in book form, it does really well in audio. But what we have also found is that we have we found for certain stories there are a lot of audio books now over-indexing books in terms of sales. Yes. And I, I think it's just... It just depends on a lot of the content. I think crime being read out aloud, it's such an emo- like you feel an audiobook mm-hmm. when you read it, it's more in your head, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think crime has always been incredibly popular because you're always on the edge of the seat and we call them driveway worthy listens, people sitting in their car, basically mm-hmm. at the I've done that so coming much. home, listening to the final chapter or the chapter to end or whatever it may be. Well, you know what it is for me? It's the length of my walk. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. if I, I don't want to come back if I'm in the middle no. of something really good. So I'll do exactly. another lap. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and I think that the whole, the whole idea of audiobooks to begin with were to help people who were visually impaired or blind or losing their vision and they became that perfect companion. And I guess we call that consumer like the time rich, but then you have the time poor where you can multitask and do, you know, all these different things and listen to an audio book at the same time. So It's changed my um, life. The accessibility is changing. Oh, I can life. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I, I, I like walking. I've got a dog. I like exercising. And I can do both my job as well as do the, those things as well. Which it's is really, amazing, right? And is. you can, you know, it really increases the amount of books that you can actually read in a Absolutely. year. The thing is, every time people come in the car with me, I'm like, can you just take your own car? I want to listen to my audio book. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen, I want to talk about the literacy angle because I have met some people that are really very snobby when it comes. I remember um, being at a Sydney Writers' Festival event and it was Emma Alberici was talking about, she was on a panel and she said, Mm -hmm. you know what, it was a series of books and she said, I didn't have time to read them and I had a big cycling trip so I listened to them on audio. And for me, I just loved that she said that in an auditorium full of a 1,000 people, right? Because that is so valid, you know, that is is fantastic. But then there are people, when I left that auditorium, people say to me, oh, how? why would she ever admit that? And I'm like, what? What? Do you face that? I mean, that is crazy. It is. There is a lot of people who often, um, through the years, the, the resistance that we have had, audiobooks aren't reading, audiobooks aren't this, audiobooks aren't that. It's just... It, I say to people, there's, there's science now, there's science out there now that says, yes, audiobooks are reading and audiobooks are hugely beneficial to a child's education, imagination, vocabulary, listening skills, reading yeah. skills, you name it. I have met, because, you know, I, I've done a little bit of agenting over the time, and through that I've met beautiful writers from the Sudan and, and writers from different cultures yes. and different countries. Mm. and. Writing is new to them. They've yes. been telling stories 
for such a long time. And a lot of cultures consume their stories orally. Well, well, the thing about it is, and I think this is what trumps everything in all of it, is the listening comprehension precedes reading comprehension. This is the this is the reality. So, you know, we're spoken to for the first five years of our lives. This is very, very natural to mm. humans to be listening to stories, consuming stories, you know, the sound of your mother's voice and your father's voice and you know, your grandfather's voice. This we we are wired for audio. Mm. There's no doubt about that. And we're wired for audio from the experience that we have in terms of sharing the stories, but we're wired for audio as well from a learning perspective too. Tell me how you had, because I guess you really had to pivot when it came to format changes. You had cassettes and you had CDs. And um, what do you call the format now? E-audio books. It's a really clunky word. The digital audio books, digital downloads. Yeah. So I think on our BorrowBox app, we call them e-audio books, but e-books, e-audio books or digital audio books. Yeah. So we've, we've been through, I think, nearly five format changes. So it started with cassettes. Then it went to CDs, CDs to MP3 CDs, from MP3 oh, yeah. CDs to these little playaway players, which are like a battery player, and, and then a digital audio book, which is for download. And the MP3 and the download file are very similar. And luckily, you know, for music, a compressed MP3 file, if you turn it up loud because of stereo, it doesn't work, but for audio books, it does. So all those different format changes, which and and through those format changes, Cheryl, is like mainstream and accessibility and more consumers being able to access them and everything. It's been Mm. fantastic. Talk to me a little bit about BorrowBox because I think it's a gem. Uh, I think it is one of those, you know, not enough people know about it. There isn't enough people who know about it. I agree with you. I think... um, so BorrowBox is an app which we created. It's over 10 years old now. Wow. Um, I can't take all the credit for it. My husband and I, Jan my, Jan, my husband, who is also the CEO of our business, he he created basically BorrowBox. Um, we started out in our basically talking about it in our lounge room essentially and figuring out what libraries would want, really talking to our library market um, about what they would want because it is a library market product. So what it does and the look, maybe the reason why we did it was we had this very strong ties and close relationships with library because of my my family's history in libraries and because of the products that we sell. So audiobooks are a huge part of the library ecosystem, but also the mainstream consumer ecosystem as well. And what we wanted to do, we've always supplied our, our audiobooks direct into public libraries throughout the world. And we we didn't want a disconnect. And we knew being Australian and always feeling, not that we feel like this anymore, as an Australian company, we've been very much an underdog, right, which is great. I love being the underdog. And we have had to fight for the content and everything that we have done in the business in terms of, you know, audiobooks and the new product category and all of that. And what was important is that we maintained a really close relationship with our public library customers and gave a superior 
digital experience with audiobooks in public libraries that no other app had ever done before. So we weren't the first to do what we did, but we were the best to do what we did. So we wanted to make sure that there was no barriers, no software, no anything for people to overcome to get a digital audiobook via a public library or a school in the world. Describe so, what it does because I felt like it was a dream come true. Yes, <laughs> it is. It, it is basically, it is an app. It's a website. You can offer, it's available on the website and it's also an app. And what it does, it enables members of a public library to borrow digital content by way of digital loans. And it has the world's best range of e-audiobooks and the world's best range of e-books on the planet that your library has basically purchased for their digital shelves. And as you can imagine, during COVID and during the pandemic, a lot of libraries were closed and their laser focus was their digital services. So I think there was a lot of people who didn't know about the app who now know about the app and the feedback that we get about the app day in, day out from people all around the world, from all the libraries that run it, because we're run throughout all British Commonwealth countries and the whole country of Ireland runs it. We're in like 90% of libraries in the United Kingdom, or well, in England, um, and every library in Australia runs BorrowBox, essentially. So um, you, you basically just download the app or go log into the website with your username and password from your library, essentially. Mm-hmm. You have to select what library you belong to and all the content that is on the shelf is content that your library has purchased for um, you to use via the BorrowBox Connect solution. I see um, our readers in our community talk about it all the time. Mm. All the time. I see little comments happening. Okay, what's the future of audio? Are you up for another format? Look, I I think the future for audio, I don't, there may be another format. I, I have no idea what that will be, but I think there will be another format. I think the challenges that a lot of publishers are facing is the whole music industry and how that's gone and how we're going to navigate that shift with audiobooks being such long content, not short content, like pooling of content, subscription content and whatever. So, you know, I think we'll see different offerings and different business models in terms of what is possible. I think that there's just going to be more and more and more and more titles available on audio. When I started, there was hardly any. Now you can pretty much find any major title that's published in the world that is available as an audio book, which I think is just amazing. I think that shorter audio books are going to become a thing in terms of uh, consumers because I, I know even myself sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to start another 10-hour audio book because I actually just want some short, shorter grabs of audio and that's that whole podcasting realm that at the moment isn't totally monetized, but there will be a, a shorter version content podcast, kind of immersive experience, but shorter, more like watching television episodes versus the longer form audio. So there's two different, like, you know, it's a big commitment, like an unabridged audio book is a big commitment. And I think what you will find is there will be a lot more really high quality original stories written for audio that then may even go to book and vice versa. All right. I think we have to let you go. We're out of time. Honestly, I really meant what I said at the the beginning. You really are. For me, you're just such a role model and an inspiration. Thank you, Um, Cheryl. And thank you so much for your support as well. It's like, you know, with only like having people like 
like you in our businesses life. We all help one another. That It makes it an amazing thing. So thank you. Thank you. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere, or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.